Welcome everyone to another episode of Level Agency's Test, Learn, Grow podcast, where we believe all marketing should create value, build trust, inspire change. I'm your host for today, Dale Reether, Digital Marketing Lead here at Level. In this episode, we're going to dive into a really interesting discussion around brand awareness marketing as it relates to driving performance. Um, as marketers, we all know brand awareness is important but it's also one of the hardest things to track and measure. So how do you know if your brand efforts are working and helping to drive tangible outcomes like qualified leads and revenue? We're going to talk about how to measure that impact right here, right now. And with that, I'm joined by my colleague, Jeff Roebuck, one of our education team leads here at Level. Jeff, what's up? How's it going? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me again, Dale. No matter how how many times I try to get out of it, you wrote me right back in. That's my job. <laughs> um, so let's let's dive right into it. Um, you know, this may seem like a duh to most marketers, but I think it's important to set the stage. Let's define what we mean by brand awareness. What tactics and audiences does your team typically think about whenever we're thinking about brand related efforts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great question. So. I think much of historically, much of performance marketing has been focused on um, demand capture, um, lead generation or direct sales, ROAS, ROI. How do you grab, how do you do whole marketing? How do you grab people who are already walking towards the types of products or have a need for types of products that you're trying to advertise for? Brand awareness and awareness generation is really about trying to generate demand or differentiate yourself from a really competitive market in the demand space. But it's not about directly getting sales from your advertising efforts. It's about making people aware, I guess the clues in the name, aware that they have a problem and that your brand is here to try to solve that problem. And I'm going to ask you why it's so important, but I think I have some ideas around why it's so important too. And then we'll get into why people have traditionally been kind of scared of investing in demand. Um, and I think the whole crux of this conversation today is uh, how can we mitigate some of those concerns by throwing it to more performance? Um, but in my mind, we just talked about this in a B2B episode too, the difference between demand gen and demand capture. Um, and I think the reason it's so important is because, and we've seen this with clients, is if you only focus on demand capture efforts in the bottom of the funnel, that eventually runs dry. There's no more demand to capture. Um, you have to be feeding the funnel, so to say, um, and consistently generating that demand in order for the rest of the funnel and the rest of those more traditional performance marketing tactics to work. Um, did you have anything else related to that that you wanted to add um, around just why this is so important, um, maybe through the lens of higher education a bit? Be I think the, the way in which I grew up, you know, I've been doing this for about 10 years now. And the way that I grew up in the performance marketing space, specifically with EDU, is very like demand capture focus, so lead generation, application generation, butts and seats. How many dollars did I spend and how many students did I get for it? And the reason that a lot of people didn't see the importance, including myself, um, you know, I was in my 20s, so I was very ignorant then. But um, if I couldn't measure students generated from those advertising dollars, then why are we doing it? Right. I see. I hear people talk about, well, it's going to help your website or, well, it's going to help people convert better um, in your lead funnel. Right. People are going to be more familiar with you. So they're more likely to give you their information. Right. You're more likely to give Apple your email address than you are to give 
some random company you don't know your email address, right? Because you know who Apple is. Now, that is a very extreme example. Apple is the most recognized company on the face of the planet. Um, but there's a lot of value in not only just people starting to seek out your products because they see it, but also being more likely to go further in the uh, sales journey or the customer journey from start to finish because they're getting reinforced with messaging outside of it. The tricky part is, how do you measure the impact of that? How do you know that it's working? Or how do you know what is working, right? It's one thing to say, I spend $10,000 this month and I got 20% more sales for that. And that might be great for you. But then I, you know, the question comes, okay, what part of that $10,000 drove the most sales? And what part of that $10,000 can you cut? Uh, and those questions, if you don't have a solid measurement strategy, are impossible, impossible to, to answer. Yeah. I think that's why people have been so hesitant to invest heavily in brand awareness over the past couple of years, just because it's really hard thing to do. And it can be a little scary if you don't have something like I spent this much money, I got this many leads, which is, and it's very linear, but the problem is the customer journey and the student journey is not linear is all over the place. Um, so it's a tough thing to do. Um, it can be challenging for companies to do right. What are some of the challenges that companies, institutions face when they try to do this that you've seen through your experience? I think they set themselves up for failure um, in a number of ways. Either they don't have a great measurement strategy or they overestimate the direct impact. I think the number one strategic mistake people make is they think of brand awareness like a really inefficient direct response channel. Like, I know I'm going to spend 10, 10 grand on over-the-top television or on YouTube ads, and they're going to get a few leads. They'll get, like, six leads for 10 grand, and that's going to be real expensive, but I know it also has an impact down here. And to make the finances work, five of those six leads would have to become a student, so we'll work them really hard, right? And they're still thinking of these things in terms of direct response. I have the owner of my company <laughs> gave me the CMO, a budget and these are how many students I need, but they're not given the flexibility um, to test these things out and measure how it's impacting not just the direct output of the YouTube channel or OTT or radio or whatever it is you're doing to your student journey, but also seeing what is the impact of people giving me a phone call because they recognize me because they've seen 20 YouTube ads or being more likely to convert after a brand search ad they clicked on a they clicked and filled out a form of brain search ad. They're talking to my admissions reps. And because they saw the YouTube commercial, it reminded them to follow up with the rep, right? And they they go further in the journey. It's so hard to like measure all of those things. And if you're just thinking of it in the same ways that you're thinking of lead capture, demand capture, you're going to set yourselves up for failure. You're going to run it for two weeks and say, why haven't we gotten anything for this? Turn it off. I think... One other, one other point, especially during the pandemic, the first thing to go so many companies see is advertising. Like, we're going we're gonna to turtle, we're going to save our money, right? And the first thing to go is, uh, I'm spending all this money on TV. I don't see all that much return for it. I'm going to stop spending money on TV, right? And we, we saw it in the pandemic. We said, this is going to have a long-term impact. I can't tell you exactly how long or how much of an impact I can estimate. And they say, that's fine. We'll figure it out. They turn off TV and it's okay for a month, maybe for two months. It's okay. But month three, month four, 
month six, you start seeing the website start to decline. You start getting fewer phone calls because nobody's aware of your brand. And then you're looking around going, what is wrong with my SEO agency? How is How are my developers screwing up? How come my blogs are so bad this year versus last year when the real problem is not the people interacting with the current content? It's you're getting fewer people getting into the funnel from those awareness strategies. But again, we know it has an impact, but you just got to figure out how much of an impact they're having. There's two things I heard that I'd like to drill into a little bit more. The one thing I heard is, sounds like a lot of advertisers have the wrong KPI for an effort like this. If you're measuring an awareness effort towards leads, you're probably not going to be happy with it because that's not the goal of the campaign. And the other is time to impact. You talked about it. And if you turn it off, the time to see a negative impact. If there's also a piece to this where you turn it on, there's going to be time to see positive impact. So all I had to say is I'd like to dig into KPIs a little bit more as it relates to awareness. What KPIs do you look at and what KPIs are you looking at to give those early indicators of success? So whenever we turn something like that on, it's not like, oh, now we have to wait six months to see if it actually worked and spend all this money. How do we kind of tell that something is starting to work before we can actually tie it to an o- a larger measurement strategy, which we'll go into next after this. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're very intimately connected um, together, a larger strategy, but really it's about expectation setting and being willing to have a success metric and a failure metric. The ultimate success is all the advertising I'm doing, advertising I'm doing, I'm trying to get you more students or more sales or better ROAS, right? That, but that's everything, right? And the way that we traditionally do performance marketing is we break that up by, okay, if I have an overarching goal, that means my website will do its own thing. Uh, you know, we need to optimize that, but my website will generate these many sales, search will generate these many social, and then this awareness thing will generate these many sales, right? And what you need to have specifically for awareness um, is have overarching goals. So not just it, in edu- I'm going to talk in education terms because that's my that's my vertical. But instead of saying through, if you spend 50 grand in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you're going to get five students in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania over the course of six months, right? Instead of having that goal tied to awareness, you say I'm going to spend fifty thousand in Pittsburgh, and over the next six months, I expect your lead volume from organic channels to go up a hundred percent. And lead volume from your brand channels, your brand search, people looking for you and clicking on paid apps to go up 30%. And that'll lead to this many more enrolls over the course of the time, and it's going to ramp up, right? Um, but you don't say, I when I start, so number one is making sure you're doing like cross-channel measurement tied to awareness. And number two is give it time and set the expectation that it'll take time. Now, it's one, it might take, a re, it might take six months. That could absolutely happen. But like you said, you can't just turn something on and say, well, we'll check back in six months and see how it's going, right? So that's when you set up those secondary KPIs. So you set up things like, am I getting the impression volume for my audiences I thought I would get? Is it at the right cost, right? So are my CPMs right? Am I getting the engagement I expect? Are the click-through rates good? Are people going to my website or landing page from those ads? I don't expect that many people, but if they do, are they getting the things they need? Are they engaging? When I'm monitoring Pittsburgh, Maybe I expected eventually to double in size, but did this month it go up 15%? 
did it draw and something is wrong and reaching the wrong people? Are the people who are coming going to the right parts of my website? Are they going to um, my programs listing that I really want them to focus on? Or are they going to like careers pages and I'm reaching out to the wrong people because I'm accidentally getting people who want a job at the university? All of those things, there are multiple ways to do this, but you ultimately want to tie your primary KPI, key performance indicator to your end goal, sales or students. But as you're going through each week, each month, you're looking at those secondary KPIs that will, you know, they're going to lead to more leads, more sales, whatever it is, right? So that engagement, we're reaching the right people. You don't want to make the mistake of saying, I'm going to launch this awareness campaign and my goal is impressions <laughs> because then you have literally tied the goal of spending your money is spending your money, right? And then at the end of it, you're going to say, hey, Google told me I'd get a $10 CPM. I got a $10 CPM. I did really great over the last six months. You didn't get any of your students? That stinks. Well, I got a $10 CPM, right? And it would be totally okay for those CPMs to be really high, if you're targeting the right people, you have the right content, the the secondary KPIs always lead up to that primary KPI, right? So you don't want to say, I want to generate more students, and also my CPMs need to be a dollar. If your advertiser comes back and says, if you have your CPMs at a dollar, we can't target the right people. We're going to be targeting everybody, and it's going to be stupid cheap. Nobody's going to engage, right? I am rambling, but I just summarize. Good luck, editor. Good luck, post-production. Uh, on this one, but to summarize, it's really about like choosing a KPI that is multi-channel, impacting the goal of the business. That's your primary, but that takes a long time to mature. So to monitor it and optimize, you're going to pick really good secondary KPIs that indicate that you're going in the right direction for your primary KPI. The last thing I promise this will be the last thing on this topic. You're going to want to create a. A lot of people write success metrics. So I want to double my lead volume. I want to double my students. That's obvious, right? Well, what about a failure metric? Because just because your success metric is double leads doesn't mean your failure metric is not double leads, right? Sometimes your failure metric is in the first month, I know our ultimate goal is to double, but in our first month, I think we'll do 20% better, right? Um, and if we don't hit 20%, then we'll know we failed and we know we need to stop or we need and we need to reassess how we're spending the money, strategically shift, whatever it is. But I think any test, that's true of any testing, but especially with awareness because of how sensitive the measurement strategy has to be, we have to have a, this is how we know we really succeeded, but also this is how we know we need to stop and start over. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so it sounds like to me, you want to set up milestones along the way since it is it's like, hey, this isn't going to happen overnight. We're going to turn this on. Maybe the first month we do 10% better, but the second month, 30% better. And then eventually, I think time, expectation, the right KPIs, that that makes total sense. And just to kind of boil it down, um, what I hear is, one, you want to set the proper KPIs to know that, hey, I'm engaging. The, am I engaging, reaching the right people? Are they engaging with the content? And am I seeing an impact of that down funnel? And am I paying the right price for that as well? Yeah. So yep. sounds easy, right? Uh, <laughs> it's five things. <laughs> Good luck. How do we actually do that? What are some strategies that your team has put in place to actually say, hey, we spent this 10 grand on an awareness campaign across these channels? How do you how do you tie it back? What are some ways that you're able to do that so people can you know have some actual things that they can start to think about as they're testing this for themselves? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I highlighted, I, I used a couple keywords when I was describing it earlier, but you can do like geo-specific testing. So maybe you launch in Pittsburgh, but you don't launch in a comparable city. I'm going to pretend Philly is comparable to Pittsburgh or not. But like, let's say um, you launched in Pittsburgh and you say, I'm going to compare it to Philly. And then as Pittsburgh launches, you monitor, okay, what is the thing I'm doing? And what is fi- Pittsburgh doing? versus what is Philly doing, and Philly is sort of your control. So setting up a geo-specific control and experiment, you could also do time-based control and experiment. Um, so like, I'll run it in January, but I won't run it in February. I wouldn't recommend doing it just for a month, like at least a couple months on and off or whatever it is, but you could do that, or you could do a specific geo on and off test. You can, um, But there are also more advanced ways to measure success. So looking at analytics and trying to tie, you know, we have some partners through OTT that do IP matchbacks. Um, so you take, um, if you know a household has watched um, one of your advertising or multiples of your advertising, and they also become a lead, you can match back the addresses of your leads to the households that watch the advertising. You can link those two things together. Um, so there, there's a variety of direct and indirect ways, but I think the most important thing, you also want to do some statistical modeling about did this actually have an impact or was it coincidental? So that's, that's where um, statistical significance will come in, just like in A-B testing. But I think the most important thing, because there's a wide variety of ways to test this, you could split it by geo, you could split it by time, and depending on your business needs, how urgent they are, how much you're willing to spend, how expansive you want to test it, that's going to be up to you, the measurement strategy, but you need to agree on that measurement strategy in the very beginning and then stick with that. You don't want, the last thing you want to do because of how many options you have here, um, the last thing you want to do is feel like um, you or your agency or your partners are just trying to find a way to analyze it that fits (laughs) the story you're trying to tell um, or uh, you know, being two months into the test and be like, boy, it really would have been great if we turned off in Philly so we could compare it in Philly. I guess we don't have that as an option of a comparison, right? Either way, you're going to want to agree to it because it's going to impact how you view the data and the results. And it's also going to impact how you approach the actual media buying for it. Totally. It can be easy to kind of skew the information to tell the story that you want to tell, or you can have someone changing their goalposts on you. I've seen that happen too, where it's like, we all agree this is an awareness campaign. These are the KPIs. And then it slowly but surely starts transforming back into a, a lead conversation. Um, I'd say that that's something else to make sure that you're looking out for. Um, and one more that I'll add, kind of, I, I lean more to B2B, B2B for the folks out there, but something that we've tried that's a really simple way to test uh, or figure out if some of this stuff is working is it sounds too easy. And I feel like we've forgotten about this a little bit, but like just ask people on the form or like have your admissions people, how did they hear about you? Cause then you get that last click attribution and some self reported. And that gives you some insight to, Hey, they came in through search, but they heard about us from a podcast. Um, that's just, another- I'm just so jaded. I know that people just have no idea where they heard you from. <laughs> like they, they fill out a random, they fill out, I heard you from TV and you're like, we don't advertise on TV. What the hell? <laughs> you definitely get some of that. That's hard to, hard to, <laughs> but, but it can be very like anecdotal, like, Hey, especially if you have a running before, like you said, Dale, like, Hey, a lot, a hundred percent more people who are coming through, like the number of people who said they heard from uh, about us from uh, radio doubled 
last, you know, the, the number of people doubled last month since we launched this thing, right? Or if you are in Pittsburgh, you're five times more likely to say you heard from us from TV than, you, you know, people in Philly. Exactly. Something else I've seen too, and uh, this is probably something you want to do in addition to some of the things that Jeff talked about that are more consistent. But like I've also just seen a lot of people come in and says, friends, word of mouth, peers, like that's also a sign. I think one of my key indicators is if I have family in the area, I ask them if they've heard my client. And when they start saying yes, I'm like, okay, we're doing a good, we're doing a good job. And they're legit. I'm not recommending this, but there are legitimately some, some institutions and some clients who said, we want to keep this thing running because we keep getting compliments about our ads from the dean, from the C- CEO, really loves seeing our ads when he's watching the news at night, right? Um, it's It can be even just internally, even for internal politics, it can be pretty powerful. Maybe we cut that from the episode. I don't know, but it can be pretty good. I've heard that repeatedly from clients. Sometimes the KPI is keep the boss happy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we talked about what brand awareness marketing is. We talked about why it's important, why it's challenging in some ways that you can really tie it to the ultimate KPIs and the performance that, that you want to see, which is leads, students, revenue, et cetera. Um, if you were to leave people re- listening to this podcast episode with one test that they could do pretty easily um, just to try this and start to prove it out to their boss, colleagues, et cetera, what are some things that you're seeing in the space right now that you would recommend that is a route that they take? So I would say from just a pure tactic standpoint, um, for an awareness strategy, um, YouTube has a really low barrier of entry. And we've seen really efficient, very, very shockingly efficient CPMs out of YouTube. Um, some of their measurement strategies are pretty solid as well. It loops into your other Google ecosystem. So especially if you're running Google ads and GDN, um, it, it can loop in assisted conversion activity if you have that set up. So you can compare YouTube close to apples to apples. None of this is perfect, right? But you can compare YouTube to search or display and say YouTube is 2.4 times as good at getting people to become an assisted conversion as our regular display banner ads, right? Something like that. Um, and that can be really helpful and insightful. Um, it's also very low cost. Um, if you're interested in some traditional awareness management strategies like Lyft, brand recognition, YouTube offers those services for a minimum spend, but like they're, they're baked right in there, especially if you have a partner, they'll help you set all that up. And it's super easy. I think you have a minimum spend per question. can't remember exactly what the spend is. Um, so I'm not going to say, and it might change in the future. Hello, future people watching this, but um, you know, YouTube is probably the easiest. We also have a lot of really great success with over the top television with some of our partners. Um, and those have really fairly robust data systems um, and tracking systems that allow us to see things like IP matchback and engagement metrics and view throughs and um, sort that by creative and by geo. So you can optimize by platform, by channel, all of those things really, really powerful to help you optimize the most bang for your buck. But I would say YouTube is probably my recommended thing. But I think the really important like before you do all that, before you start throwing money at it, you really need to set expectations culturally and internally. If this is not something you guys have done, 
regularly, it needs to be a different budget. Like you can't come out of your direct response budget. You can't take it from something that would otherwise be generating direct leads and you would be expected to still generate those leads. Um, It really needs to be, hey boss, I need 10 grand to do this thing the right way. And I need you to be okay with the fact that I might not get any direct leads from it, right? Because I I believe that it's going to, and we know it's going to help other channels and it's assisting in other efforts. And we're going to, this is the measurement strategy. The strategy documentation for this is so important, but like, you've got to sell it. This, like, this is not adding Bing to Google, right? This is a whole new way of thinking about it. Because if you start by thinking about it as a direct response, a really bad direct response channel, then it's going to generate really bad direct response. You're going to stop doing it, even though it could potentially help you out uh, tremendously. Um, You don't want community metrics, but like, the culture is going to be so important to make sure you guys are all aligned. Definitely. And I think that's really good advice. And I, we know that that is not an easy conversation to have and not an easy thing to sell. So if you're out there listening to this and you know that you need to bring it more upstream top funnel and insert this into your marketing campaigns, hit us up. We'd be more than willing to have a strategy call with you and help you navigate how to have those conversations and provide you with the data and the stories to provide some of that confidence. So we know it's not easy. Um, if you need some help, bubble.agency, fill the form. Um, we would be more than willing to sit down with you and think through how to present this to your boss, your team, whoever, and put together a really smart and efficient way to test this. Cause there are a lot of ways that you could take it in the, in the wrong direction. There's a lot out there and there's a lot, uh, honestly, there's a lot of people who, I think of traditional TV where their success metrics are the impressions. And a lot of that is kind of made up or estimated. Um, so their success is just showing the videos that they said they would show. Um, so you want to make sure you're going with the right partner um, who knows about the right uh, measurement strategy for what you're trying to do. Right? Cool. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming back to the podcast joining me today. Um, I think you're going to be with us here again soon because this was just one of the five major things our agency is focusing on right now when it comes to education marketing. Um, I believe you're joining us for the next one where we're going to talk through omni-channel nurturing strategies moving beyond just email. Uh, And then we're going to have one of our account directors, Jenna, on soon here to talk about investing in high-quality video and user-generated content. Um, so stay tuned for Jeff again within the next coming weeks. Uh, and if you made it this far, thanks for listening. Uh, and, and until next time, connect with us on LinkedIn, YouTube, we're always sharing insightful content around how to make your business grow faster, smarter through performance marketing. Thanks again, Jeff. Yeah. Happy to be here. This was great. Excited for the next one. Thanks, Dale. Okay.